Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we're welcoming back an amazingly talented musician, Peter Fippen. He's best known, perhaps, as a master of the flute, actually many types of flutes, including those of Native American origin. That is, in fact, what earned him a Grammy nomination back in 2010. But Peter is all about all music, so you'll also frequently encounter him rocking out on his bass and whatever other form of music and instrumentation the moment calls for. In particular, his ability to improvise soul deep on his flutes is known to transport listeners young and old. We've invited Peter Fippen to join us in person for today's program. Peter, I'm glad to have you back again for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. Happy to be here. Prior to you getting here, I had to review through the times I've had you. My original interview with you on Song of the Soul was back in 2009. Do you know the next time your music was featured on Song of the Soul? You might have featured a couple years later. I'm not sure. It was actually in 2013 when you performed at the Northern Spirit Radio membership banquet that we had. Oh, yeah. You and Robbie. So 2013 was the next time that your music was featured. I didn't actually interview you for that. And do you remember, I guess it's two years, a year and a half ago, you were part of the Manifestive fundraiser. Oh, yeah. Right? The Christmas album that Anastasia Wisniewski made that. And you played the music for God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Yeah, I played on two tracks. I don't remember what they were. I played bass on one, which was a very Genesis type sounding tune and i played a recorder on something for god rest you merry gentlemen you did that yeah i thank you again for being part of that fundraiser it was for the community table that anastasia was pulling it together we all live here and do what you do yeah well some people do what they do and the other thing that i've become more and more aware of over the years is your collaborations we talked a bit about that back in 2017 just you know a couple of weeks ago we had victoria here for song of the soul how did you connect up with victoria how did it turn out that you became a musical influence for her and i think she for you in 2010 victoria's mother said she should come here she goes victoria you should go hear Peter Fippen play the flute. And Victoria tells her mother, no, mother, I don't play that kind of music because she was a classically trained flutist. When I heard that later, I love that. And I tell that story every chance I get. To cause her deep shame. No, no, no it's not to cause her deep shame <laughs> at all. It's just a funny story to me because, well, when she went to college shortly after that, she got a job working at a Renaissance fair selling bamboo flutes. And she had a couple weeks between college and her job that some, one summer, I think it was 2012, to be in Eau Claire. And she thought, well, since I'm going to be playing bamboo flute, maybe I should take a lesson on them. And at that time, I was at the Eau Claire Music School. And who shows up but Miss Victoria Shoemaker. So she had a little bamboo uh, fife. And I said, well, let's hear you play. Let's hear something. 
and she unleashed a brutal attack on that thing. Uh, as you know... <laughs> what do you mean by a brutal attack? Well, <laughs> I could tell she could just play. She was amazing, and that she really didn't need lessons. But what I learned when I was very young is, well, I had on-the-job training. I had lessons, of course, but I learned most everything on stage in front of people. So I was playing at Shanghai Bistro back then, I said, well, what are you doing Wednesday night? I believe it was a Monday she came to me for a lesson. She really didn't get a lesson. She played just a super fast and high-pitched piece on that bamboo fife, lightning speed, nimble, quick. You could hear a split second of silence between each note. It was perfect. So after she got done, I said, well, I realized what I just heard. I said, have you ever thought of playing like this? And I pulled out the biggest, longest bamboo flute I had. And I don't think I went above the fourth hole. She played many, many notes really fast. So I played the exact opposite. Really slow, very few notes, long, silent spaces between the phrases. And when we got done, I said, what are you doing Wednesday night? And she goes, I don't know. What am I doing Wednesday night? And I said, you'll play with me at Shanghai Bistro. <laughs> She's been playing with me ever since. Because what better way to learn than in front of people? And I have failed in front of people many times. But when you fail in front of an audience, you don't forget that. Maybe it's like throwing someone off the deep end of the pool, sink or swim. But I feel that's the best way to learn. Well, from my interview with her, she clearly learned how to swim. Yeah, oh, she could swim already when I met her. I knew she wasn't going to drown. But there were some things that had to be sorted out, and she sorted them out rather quickly. Peter, when you started out playing music, I mean, at the age of 12, you're playing with this country music band. You're playing bass, right? At the age of 12, wasn't your bass as large as you at that point? The bass was bigger than me at that time. Okay, okay. I'm, I've got the right picture, then. If I had to hit a low F, I really had to put my arm out there. <laughs> it's amazing. And part of the thing is, because in the music that you've chosen for today's Song of the Soul, and the music that I connect most with you, I would call it deep and centered. It would be from the center of the spirit, the place in your heart where those things come from. And yet I, I recognize that still and for decades now, you've probably earned most of your money by standing up and playing in bars and casinos and all of that kind of thing on the bass. Yes, it switches because there'll be times when I make money playing the flute and royalty checks are good <laughs> and surprising sometimes. And then there are times when I'm either playing bass or acoustic guitar or I'm playing on somebody's album as a percussionist or a producer now. I want to share a fair amount of your music here today for Song of the Soul. You've got one song. Which is it? It doesn't even have a name. It's called Richard Foolbull Flute. And it was off uh, my Grammy-nominated album, Woodnotes Wild. So this was in the Native American genre for the Grammys, Yeah, which right? is funny because I'm non-Native. Also, there was no money put behind that record to promote it. There was no radio play behind that record to promote it. I figured it was dead in the water. It was just going to lay there and somebody would... Oh, we like really old flutes. My late flute teacher, Dr. Richard W. Payne, uh, what a collection of flutes he had. A couple thousand, maybe more. And they were all old antiques. He ruined the modern Native American flute for me because the modern Native American flute changed in the 80s. For that, it was either haphazardly tuned or wannabe diatonic. Not quite. You could get a diatonic mode out of it if you cross-fingered it. And that's all European influence. 
when the Spanish got to America, they could not play the flutes that the indigenous people were playing because they were all rim-blown, very much like Egyptian, Turkish, or Persian nay flutes. They were just a slice on both ends. The bottom of the flute looked like the top of the flute, and there were some holes in it. Before you go any further, though, I do want to make sure people have a chance to hear the first song you're sharing for Song of the Soul. Richard Foolbull, Birdhead Flute. This is coming to you from Peter Fippen. As Peter Fippen said, as we introduced that song, there isn't a proper name for 
for the song, but it's played on Richard Fulbold Birdhead Flute. Tell me a little bit about a birdhead flute. I mean, I'm I'm so ignorant. I I can learn so much from you. Just start filling my head. It's an old form of Native American flute. Richard Fulbold was the last of the great Lakota flute makers. Kevin Locke was lucky enough to uh, actually meet Richard Fulbold in his old age. If you were just listening to that song that you're playing there, would you recognize something about the flute from just hearing it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The, Could Victoria? Uh, yes, of course you can. Anybody can because nowadays they make Native American flutes smooth and mellow because of the, quote, new age marketplace. You know, no one wants to hear what it really sounded like. So many of these old Native American flutes, Richard Fulbull and, and many others, Dan Red Buffalo, Grover Wolf Voice, my late teacher, Dr. Richard W. Payne, they made flutes that were very windy, harsh, wasn't the scale that it is now. Come up with many different songs just by changing your fingering patterns. Today, to me, the modern Native American flute is sterile. And it's just my opinion. There may be others that don't agree with me probably getting into trouble by saying that but i'm going to stick to my guns yeah i think the modern native american flute is sterile and they should revert and go back to what it once was because so much of your flute playing these days is improvised that is to say you're doing something in the moment with whomever you're playing with you're in the moment I come at music from folk music tradition. Everybody sings the song together, right? And so I learn a tune, I learn lyrics, that kind of thing. You're so far immersed in music for these many decades you've been playing that you're just immersed in, what would you call it? I call it playing the moment I'm allowed. I believe the music is already there. If I'm lucky, I'll be able to channel it. The music is in the others. It's floating around. It's all around us all the time. Everything is music. Every sound. You walk outside. That's music. You're listening to the wind in the trees, birds, babbling brook, whatever. It's all music. I love uh, the saying of Watazumi Doso Roshi, the late Japanese flutist. He said, music is all around you if you take the time to listen. And I didn't know who he was. But I remember on my last interview with you, I was telling you about my mother taking me to uh, picnics. when I was a little boy. And we got done to picnics, she'd say, what do you hear? And she wouldn't settle for the easy answer like the wind in the trees. She really wanted to know what I heard. Watazumi's philosophy was, when I heard it, I was like, wow, this guy's on the same page my mother was. And I thought, that's very interesting. Unfortunately, he passed away before I got a chance to, to meet him. I would have loved to have met him. And right now in my car, I have an old 1971 CD made from LP. You can hear the scratching, but I'm trying to soak up some of his vibe. I don't want to copy him, but listen to it, imitate it, and then forget about it and somehow incorporate its way into my playing, maybe in another four or five years. Let's go on to another song right away, Peter. As much as our voices and our the stories are valuable, and you're certainly good with words, there's a different gift that you give to the world when you're playing your music. Which one do you want to share at this moment? Drawing Down the Moon with Finnish cantalay player Arya Kastanen. What can you say about Drawing Down the Moon? Does it start with Arya or does it start with you? How does this, what's the process? It starts with Arya. 
She's a brilliant improvisationalist. Well, back in MySpace days, remember that? We were MySpace friends. That's the great thing about the internet. You can become friends with people from all over the world. But I would put on her playlist on MySpace and just lay in the bed and listen to it. It took me about a year or two to get up the bravery to email her and say, would you like to do an album together? She said yes. And that's how Lavender Calm came along. In particular for this song, Drawing Down the Moon, she recorded first and then you recorded in concert with that, if you will? She sent her recordings via WAV file to Ivar Lundy here at Skyline Studios in Eau Claire. Ivar laid them out for me and I went in, played over top of it, improvised over top of it. And that's the origin of the recording we're listening to right now. It's called Drawing Down the Moon. It's from Peter Phippen's recording, Lavender Calm.
We've got Peter Fippen here today for Song of the Soul. His website is peterfippen.com. Don't know how to spell Peter Fippen? Come by NorthernSpiritRadio.org. Fippen, by the way, is P-H-I-P-P-E-N. I've never asked you about the origin of your name, and the English language is such a, a tangled web that we live within. P-H or an F, and why don't we simplify it? We could make your name easy to spell, couldn't we? Uh, I don't know. It's Old English is what I was told. But a few years back, someone said it was old French that went to England. So I don't know if that's true or not. I don't buy that. To me, it's old English. The song was Drawing Down the Mood, and you did that with Aria Kastanen. Tell us a little bit more about Aria. We share a love of old museum instruments. She likes to have replicas made of them, as do I. If I can't get the really old flute that I want, I'll have a museum replica made. I just got a Viking panpipe that was found in York that dates to the 11th or 12th century. Five notes. It's amazing. Folks, you're listening to Song of the Soul. My guest is Peter Fippen. I've had him on the show, and I've had his music featured three times, but he's only had speaking roles in two previous visits. But you'll find them all on northernspiritradio.org, along with all of our programs and guests since 2005 when we started up on WHYS LP here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Our programs are now on some 41 stations nationwide, so I'm sending a shout-out all across the country. We'd love to hear from you wherever you're listening from. Come to northernspiritradio.org, listen to any of our shows of the past 14 years, find links to our guests, and post a comment so I can get to know you folks. There's a donate button as well because you, the listener, make this show possible. Not corporations, not government funding, but you. As we conceive it, our broadcasting serves the earth. And, by the way, Peter Fippen and also Victoria Shoemaker joined me just before the show to share some music as part of an Eau Claire celebration of Earth Day 2019. And then we headed indoors for this interview. Yesterday was a glorious day here in Eau Claire, but today, not so much. In fact, it was cold, rainy, and windy, so I appreciate all the more the gift of music that both of you, Peter and Victoria, shared for April 22nd. Remember also, folks, that before supporting Northern Spirit Radio, you should support the great community radio stations all across this country, bringing you invaluable music and news from the community. Start there. Again, Peter Fippen is here. PeterFippen.com. That's P-H-I-P-P-E-N. And Peter, I want to thank you for coming out into the cold, rainy, windy Earth Day environment here in Eau Claire with Victoria to enhance our prayer and music with your flutes. Earth Day and the recognition of our vital connection to the Earth is so so dear to me, and it's so crucial to me. In fact, you know, that very first Earth Day in 1970, I was a sophomore in high school, and I was part of, actually the narrator of, a presentation on environmentalism for all of our school. The point is, care for the earth has been very important to me for nearly 50 years. So I thank you so much, Peter, for helping us out for Earth Day. Earth Day. I love the concept. I'm an earth sign. I call my music earth music, or living music, or space music. Those are the genres I play. And to market that, I think we've talked about this before in my last interview, it's very hard. You know, they market me as New Age. And I have disdain for that word, those two words, New Age. And I don't get it. 
when I talked to you in 2009, I think you self-described as being a spiritualist with great affection for the Tao Te Ching. Yes. That's... And uh, has anything changed in the last 10 years? Because now I'm a neo-pagan with a great affection for the Tao Te Ching. And what does being neo-pagan mean for you? It means I worship the earth. I believe there is more than one god. I believe, what are the gods? Okay, the sky, the earth, the wind. Why not? I like Native American spirituality. But what I'm, since I'm non-native, I, you know, the universe, whatever that is. Maybe I'm wrong, you know. I don't know. But growing up in the woods of upstate New York, in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains, is that might have changed. Spiritualist, I guess I'm a spiritualist still, but yeah, I lean lean more towards the ancient and what's coming next. So that's why I put the word neo in there. Please, let's do share some more music for the listeners. Yeah, now that I've scared all the straights. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think you scare anyone with that because I think everyone has that pulse within them when they quiet enough to get close to it. And you know, I as a Quaker. My practice is to still the outward. And so I don't need someone telling me which way to go and what to believe and so on. And when we tune down, we'll hear those important voices. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the most important experiences of my life, I was hitchhiking in 1977 around the United States, and I was coming across the Cascades in Oregon. And I was walking up them. On the one side of me was a road, and these big trucks are going by with their loud engines. And right next to me, there was a river flowing down the mountain. And I'll tell you, those trucks became so pitifully small in comparison to the power of that river. At that point, we get distracted by the noises we make in humanity and with all the stuff that we create. At that point, I got tuned. It's like, oh, yeah, that's loud. But if I have ears to hear, this is what I'll really hear. So it makes perfect sense, this connection to the earth, and why, again, I'm so thankful that you participated in Earth Day today. My pleasure. When my father passed, that's when my spirituality changed a bit, a little over two years ago. Started being a little more hardline about things, a little less tolerant of others. In which way? Because I, I see you as a tolerant person. I'm a very patient man, so it takes a lot to rattle my cage. The things that rattle my cage, or we better not talk about that. <laughs> but why is it that you're parting of your father when he leaves his body? Why is that at the point at which you could become more of yourself, perhaps? Okay, I'll tell you this little this little tidbit. As you know, we talked about this in our last song of the soul. My father was an atheist. He held it till the bitter end. He was not a hypocrite. He stayed atheist till he passed. My sister-in-law, as we're standing at his deathbed and he passes, once everybody was done crying and calming down, she looked at me and she goes, where do you think he went? And I said, well, he went to where he was before he was born. She looked at me kind of funny. The great mystery, right? So after that, I started just, like today, our little gathering, man, that's damn uncomfortable for me, standing in circles like that and... Yeah, much more solitary. If, if I need to speak to the universe or you know have a spiritual moment, I'm much more comfortable walking into the woods or going to some place that's very quiet, connecting there. I try to connect through my music all the time. To me, that is a spiritual practice. And it's where your song of the soul so clearly resides. Let's share another of your songs, Peter. What's next? 
autumn memories. This has to do with my father. His birthday was in late October. After my mother passed, I made a point of visiting him on the week of his birthday every year. My father was a hard worker, and I always thought I was closer to my mother. But it turns out I was just as close to my father. Once my mother had passed, then I started realizing my father and I had a lot in common. My father was a patient man, and I think that's where I get that from. My father was a stern man. I can be stern. I don't like to be, but I can be if I have to be. That's where all that came about. So when my spirituality might have leaned a little bit more to the left after he passed, it was the natural order of things for me. When did he die? He died March 3rd, two years ago. Funny thing is, he died at sunset March 3rd, two years ago. My middle brother died on March 3rd, around sunset, early evening, three years ago. So I did go home to see them before they passed. Being a working musician, I thought it was better to see them while they were still alive than go to their funeral. So I chose that, and I'm glad I did. So Autumn Memories, I want to go home this year in autumn. I love upstate New York in the autumn. It's my favorite season. It shows through in the music. And folks, Autumn Memories is Peter Fippen, our guest here today for Song of the Soul, with Enrique Rueda. And together they create this song from the recording, Sacred Spaces, called Autumn Memories.
the album is Sacred Spaces. Autumn Memories is the song, and Peter Fippen is my guest today for Song of the Soul. That song he shares, uh, the music is being created by both Peter and Enrique Rueda. You'll find the link to Peter Fippen on NordenSpiritRadio.org. And so you can follow up and get more of the music. And that album also shares music of Robbie Crawford on it. But some portion of it just with Enrique? Yeah, Enrique and I were working on the album. I was listening to Song of the Soul. And who would I hear but Robbie Crawford? And I had to have Robbie's email address. I had to talk to her. Her music was fascinating me. I thought it was great. So I got her information from you. I emailed her, convinced her we should talk on the phone. And then Robbie found out that I was a talker. (laughs) (laughs) So, And then shortly after that, you had a fundraiser, and you asked me to play. And I, I believe I said, only if I can play with Robbie Crawford. And we had never played before. Now, this is the interesting thing about playing with Robbie. She showed up with all her crystal bowls. I showed up with some flutes, and we started playing, and it was like we played together all our lives. So I knew while working on Sacred Spaces with Enrique, I called him. I said, I'm going to have this woman I just met play crystal bowls. I pulled Robbie into the restaurant next door after, because I was on my way to play a rock and roll show that night after we did that. I said, let's go grab a a coffee or something and talk a little bit because I want to bring you into the studio. And she did. I said, come into the studio and I want you to play a couple songs on the album. I figured two would be enough. Well, she comes into the studio. We set up all the bowls. We do four songs. The album's done. Everything's a first take. Everything is bang, 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 finished. Hello. And it was just like, sat back and, okay. So I call Enrique. Well, the album's done. <laughs> and uh, since then, been playing with Robbie a lot. We play a lot. To this day, we've never actually sat down and rehearsed. We've got just a little bit more time, and I know there's one more song we are going to share today. Peter, do you want to introduce Suspended Within? Yeah. Robbie and I did a live album after Sacred Spaces in a house concert called Naga, Divine in Nature. We wanted to do something like that in the studio. So again, I recruited Ivar Lundy at Skyline Studios here in Eau Claire. So we go in there to record Suspended Within. We did the album in an afternoon. Everything, one take. It's all, we're using our ears and our hearts. We're riding the wave the music is, like I said, the music is already there, and we both seem to be able to tap into that. Adia Kastanen does the same thing, and that would be a, a dream of mine, is to play with Robbie and Adia. We've not got much time, but are there any other of your musical collaborations that we should know about? Byron Metcalf just gave me a break by having me play on his two records, Inner Rhythm Meditations and Inner Rhythm Meditations Volume 2. I think Byron has a much wider audience than I do. (laughs) So I'm thankful to Byron. Well, folks, we're going to go out for Song of the Soul with this last song by Peter Fippen. Actually, Peter Fippen recorded along with Robbie Crawford. Again, Peter, thank you for your long gift of music that you've made to the Chippewa Valley and beyond. I'm so happy that occasionally it gets recognized by things like your Grammy nomination. I'm glad that Canyon Records at one point undertook to share your music with another wider audience. It's such a gift that there's no question but that it should reach more ears, and I'm glad to be part of doing that today for Song of the Soul. Thank you very much. 
So thank you for being part of the Earth Day recognition today. Again, April 22nd, 2019. I look so much forward to continuing years of sharing music and the spirit with you. Thanks, Peter. Well, thank you. We go out for today's Song of the Soul with one more song by Peter Fippen, along with Robbie Crawford. Peter's site is peterfippen.com. If you can't spell it, come via northernspiritradio.org. Here is Suspended Within, and we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.